Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Welcome back. We've got a little part two episode for you today. We were learning so much about the brain last week from right. Brain Balance that we decided we needed another episode to kind of dive more into the science behind it. Yes. Did you have a good week? I thought we were doing an intro. I know, and then all but I... you just launched into it. So now I just want to <laughs> go and the, talk to the them. That was the pre-intro. I know, but I want to talk to them because we had so many questions. Um, so we have the Brain Balance cows back, and I took their mic. So I'm going to give it back to them, <laughs> and they're going to reintroduce themselves, and then we're going to kind of set up what we're going to talk about today. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having us back. My name is Dr. Marcel. I'm the center director of Brain Balance Center of Lake Forest here in Southern California. And I'm here with our program director, Samantha. Hello. Thanks for having us back on your podcast. We are so glad to have you back. Okay, so we started talking about other different programs that you guys do and how it's kind of focusing on a different way of looking at helping these kids. So I guess... We were having this conversation off the air, and we need to just bring it back. So I'll leave it to you, Samantha. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, last week when we were talking about the Brain Balance program and what it all entails and everything that it is that we do, we left out one of the really key components of the program, which is off-site, and it's done at home with families. And then we also have a post-program. So once kids are all done with Brain Balance, they come on back, and that's where we really get deeper into academics, and we help them with that curriculum based off of their results and where they end it. So just for example, if we have a fifth grade he ended at third grade math and fourth grade reading comprehension. We go straight into that month and year of that grade and we start from there and we build up again because it's all stemming back into stimulation and making sure that brain is stimulated properly so then the right and the left brain can start to work together. But I'm going to pass the mic on over to Marcel and she's going to talk about what happens during brain balance in terms of nutrition because that's a really, really big portion of our program and I don't really know why we left that out. I guess it was too much brain talk and we had kind of started talking about it being a lifestyle like Absolutely. a whole mindset so this Absolutely. fits in perfect yeah yes and I'll start off by saying I'm not a nutritionist <laughs> my background is psychology but just being with brain balance and then me being my own like nutrition nerd I just have adopted the brain balance diet into my own life so when kids come into our program in addition to the in-center program and in addition to the home exercise program that they do for us, we also introduce them to our nutrition program, which is called Balance 360. And the goal of this program is, or the reason why I would say we included a nutrition program in our centers is because what the research is showing when a child has an imbalance in the brain or when they have a certain type of diagnosis, which is usually contributed by an imbalance in the brain, the child processes food very differently than a person that has a more balanced brain. So for instance, 
I can have dairy, right, and it will not affect me at all. But let's say you give it to another person that might have an imbalance here or there, that dairy is going to cause them to react in very different response than me. So what we do at Brain Balance is we kind of front load our families with our nutrition program right when they start. We give them all of the guides and we tell them, okay, it's like a five-step program. So it's very individualized. They do, they start it to their family as you know best as they can fit it in so we're not going to show up to your house and like empty your fridge yeah, throw out everything no, we're not going to do anything crazy like you see on tv but we do give you all of the information and then we do connect you to a nutritionist who is licensed and has the background <laughs> and what they do is they individualize that program and tailor it to the needs of your family and so the goal the real reason why we do it is we want to make sure that the child that's in our center and enrolled in our program does does not have any food sensitivities. So not allergies. Allergies, we tend to know more about their physical reactions. We can see them. But a food sensitivity, there really are no tangible reactions. It's more so like it's not right away. Like you're not mm -hmm. going to see it instantaneously. It's more so if a child eats something that they're sensitive to, you will see it 12 to 24 hours later and it's non-tangible. So the way that parents describe their child's reactions to us now, like once they are within the elimination process, if they say, okay, you know what? I know if my child has a little bit of refined sugar or if I see that they're having gluten at a birthday party or whatever it is, we could now expect them in 12 hours like I know by the time we go home and it's bedtime that it's going to be a very difficult process for us wow. or the next morning she's going to have a really hard time getting out of bed so basically what a food sensitivity does is it highlights a lot of our families come in with different difficulties right and the food sensitivity is just highlighting those even more and so we want to make sure that nothing is contributing to these highs and lows, right? So we want to try to control for Put, all right, of it. Right. And so food for, I would say, most, if not all of our families that do the Balance 360 program, they all have a positive reaction to it because they learn. We're not saying to keep your child off of these items forever. Right, right. But for that process of elimination and that little time period, they learn so much about what their child can tolerate. And your body changes. And, and I think that that's important, too, because we've had clients in the past where, you know, they have autism and so then they're completely off gluten, you know, mm -hmm. and that has helped that particular child with their attention, mm -hmm. you know, and we've heard it so many times and, you know, we're just attorneys, you know, and we always say, you know, whatever works for you, Absolutely. we'll get it in the IEP, you you know, and if you believe that that's what's helpful because there is a correlation, there then is. we're all for yeah, it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think it's the parents that do the elimination diet and the Balance 360 program. It's just more awareness for them. It's one yeah. more thing in their bucket of tricks that they know can help their child. And yeah. like I said, there's some families like we have them eliminate a number of different big item foods. And we'll have families that eliminate A, B, C, and D and say, you know what, there was not too much of a difference. And then there'll be another family that does it, but they'll say, you know what, everything else was fine, but when they have the dairy, that's when we notice the huge mm -hmm. difference, the highs and lows. The reactions that a sensitivity, like the, how it looks, is energy levels, mm -hmm. 
focus and attention, emotional regulation. So it's all of these things that parents come in concerned with already. And so imagine if you have a food sensitivity, it's heightening those for the child. Right. Well, and then it's not something where a parent would think that it's the food. It's the food. That's causing exactly. it. You think if there's sensitivity to food, mm-hmm. the kid is having a stomach ache, or there's a digestive problems. That's what most people think yeah. of when there's a sensitivity to food. They don't right. think like, oh, it's going to affect the other things. Other than like sugar. Like Absolutely. I think people think of, okay, if you have too much sugar, right. the kid is going to be all over I know. the place. It just but. brings awareness again. Yeah. So like it teaches you how to read labels. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to pronounce the word you probably don't want to be feeding it to your child yeah. right so oh, it's kind yeah. of like those common things and even unfortunately because of the fads and things that are out there like a food item will say organic or it'll say healthy or nutritious like snack bars or mm-hmm. whatever for kids and they're really not yeah if you tons read, of sugar it's and... so horrible it's so like whether it's the grains or that's causing inflammation whether it's the refined sugars that's causing highs and lows in mood yeah it's just like read your labels learn about the food and then, like I said, when you're enrolled in our program, we onboard you with so much information yeah. and then we connect you to a professional nutritionist yeah. to guide you during that's, that process. That's great. I just wanted to touch on one of our students that's currently enrolled in program. He's only been with Brain Balance for about a week and a half and mom wanted to observe some sessions. So we went back into our observation room and she was like, you know what? He's not angry anymore. He hasn't slammed a door all week. He hasn't like dropped to the floor crying because I told him, no, we can't go here. We can't do these types of things. And she's like, I took gluten out of his diet because that's all he had. All he would eat was like chicken nuggets and pasta, Mm -hmm. like a lot of mac and cheese was a big one. So the dairy was also a thing. And she said, the moment I started switching things over from regular milk to almond milk and taking anything that had gluten and just replacing with gluten-free, he didn't even notice because thankfully he's a good eater and he eats whatever. But right away, they noticed a huge change in his emotion. I mean, the behaviors are still there. He's still impulsive. He's all over the place sometimes and he has a hard time focusing. But at least it's not coupled now with negative emotion reactions to certain things. Now it's easier to reason with him, to talk with him. And just to get him to settle down a little more, he's way more calm. His body is finally like almost detoxed in a way from Mm -hmm. those types of foods, which just keep accumulating and accumulating and adding to the sensitivity. And that inflammation is so huge in the brain. When we go and think about, and Dr. Marcel said it perfectly, you're contributing and you're highlighting those negative symptoms so much that you don't know if it's the food or if that's just how they are. But the moment you take that component, you can control food, you take it away, and then you start to see some really cool positive changes. Yeah, people don't realize, I don't think, how much of an impact what you eat has on every part of your life. Absolutely. It's so interesting because the families that we meet and the kids that have these difficulties, whether it's, you know, academics or behaviors, they all have very particular eating habits. Interesting. They love, you know, certain things Mm -hmm. only. Mm -hmm. So when I tell the parents about the food and the nutrition program, they're just like, my kid eats five things. (laughs) What am I going to do? Yeah. And so, again, how I said last week, nothing's unrelated. Mm -hmm. That is a complete factor of having a sensory difficulty, right? Of not liking all foods or only wanting or craving certain Mm -hmm. foods. I was once listening to a nutritionist and they said, whatever your body or brain craves is probably the food that you are sensitive to and that you should Oh, interesting. Right. And so I, for me, it was sugar, right? So I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, I have to go do a sugar detox, which I did and it was crazy. But 
that's the truth behind it. So we get families that say, all my kid eats is white bread, white pasta, white sauce. Yeah. You know, it's the white diet. Only and, like one type of fruit. And it right. has to be like, I had one kid who could would only eat apples, but it had to be in almond butter. Right. So it's, they're very, it, food is a very sensory related area. It's not just oh, they're being difficult or, oh, you know, you put a plate in front of them and they have to just eat yeah. because that's the rules of the house. It's all tied back to the yeah. brain. So I can imagine it was even with adults. Anytime we try to do elimination, you know, you do for Lent or for like January, you cut something out. Yeah. Right. It's difficult for adults. So you know, I can hear a lot of parents be like, there's no way I'm going to get a tantrum. So is this something like that you guys can help with, like your program, like if they are such a picky and they're like, look, we want to do this elimination diet, but it's a struggle. Absolutely. So there are different phases of our program. And for the child that's hypersensitive to food or it's just really difficult for them, I typically tell the family, again, you know the knowledge, you have the awareness level, slowly start adapting small things. And it can be small, as small as start reading your labels, see what you're bringing into the house. You know, it doesn't have to be go and throw all the dairy or sugar out of your pantries or whatnot. But I tell them, I say, do your job. That's the small part that you can do now. In the meantime, when the child is in the program and when we are working on the weaknesses and the imbalance in the brain, absolutely we are contributing to their difficulty with eating and the pickiness with food. So I tell them, let the program develop a little bit and then maybe by month two or three, oh, do the elimination. Mm -hmm. And then it's easier for you because mm -hmm. now the child is able to tolerate and just look at food very differently. Food is a very highly related area when it comes to brain development and sensory development and so again nothing is unrelated I won't say all but I will say most of the kids that we meet through our program they have some type of food difficulty mm, that's so good to know so then the other part of your program is like almost like the after like the post you said the post is that program, academic yeah, so talk about that a little bit yeah okay so this is probably one of my favorite areas because you've finally seen a child from day one to day 60 or something and we're graduating from our first part of program everything is great we're seeing such great progress and now it's finally time to quote unquote tutor or teach because what we're going to teach and what we're going to help is now finally going to stick in the brain because we've built that foundation. It's almost like when parents go into tutoring or an academic support type of field, you're building the roof of your house without having your house ready at the bottom. But what we do at Brain Balance is we've developed your, you know, that foundation and we've put the walls up for your house and there's some furniture in there. Some There's some cool things inside of your house to make it homey. And now all we need to do is put that roof on top to complete the whole package and that's when kids come in and they're finally able to do all that academic portion is this part still fun it's so much fun oh so my it's gosh like based on your own curriculum then. yes so it's based off of brain balance curriculum and it's based off of that last assessment we do so we okay. have our initial assessment which we talked about last week once program's all done you get another assessment and that is included in your tuition and those results again are yours to keep and share with whoever you want, take it to your IEP 504, your teacher, grandma and share the news or whatever it is. But basically what happens is we go off of that last level. So let's say that child came in with second grade reading development or reading comprehension, I should say, and they are a fourth grader and they ended brain balance with a third grade. So now we're at third grade and we just need to bump them up to fourth grade. And with my standards, I want them a little bit past that level to make right. sure that it's as consistent as possible. They're ready for that next step. It's almost like we've launched them and they're fully ready to go.
So we currently have a few students in this program and they've finished their exercise portion. They finished their visual stimulation. They're still part of our post program as well. So there's additional exercises they're doing at home, which are a little more complex. That's and that yeah. child is ready to do those types of mm-hmm. things. So we focused on those primitive reflexes first. And now they've fully gotten those out of their system and they're ready for the more complex movements that they now can do because their muscles are ready to do it. So they're doing that at home still. So there's still a movement component, I would say. But once they're in center, it's now gone down from three times a week to two times a week. Mm. But within the time that they're with us, it's not only for one hour. Now it's one and a half hours because we're really going into academic heavy things and we don't want to rush through that. And we typically look at, you know, reading for about an hour or so. And then we'll do math for about 30 to 45 minutes. And in between those subjects, we keep it fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. We still do stuff on balance boards. We'll go on trampolines. We'll do like math facts and things like that while the kids are jumping around and they're doing something movement based. Because what I've learned and seen with experience is that kids catch on faster when they're doing some type of movement. It's almost like it sticks in the brain a little bit quicker. I think that just goes for anyone. (laughs) You know, yeah, a lot of people when they exercise, listen to music Mm -hmm. and or podcasts and things like that. And it's fascinating to kind of hear, you know, the foundation being built and you actually giving the tools to these children, which being it so that it is such a comprehensive program, you know, you probably like get updates from the kids, but they're done with you, right? Like Mm -hmm. you've given them the tools, which I think for a lot of parents is probably so helpful. Permanent results. They're there, yep. So this is at the point where I was asking questions. So I wanted, like, I don't know if you could speak to like the science behind like the brain of, you know, why that is. Why is it that if a kid is being able to understand more and produce more when they're doing something else physical, is it that when they're just sitting there at a desk and they're trying to recite math facts, for example, they're I don't want to say thinking too much, like, you know, like overthinking it. Mm -hmm. And like when they're, if they understand the knowledge, their subconscious is able to answer when they're doing something else. Is it something along those lines or something completely different? Kind of something along those lines. So when you're just sitting down and you're learning, it's very linear. Mm -hmm. You're just looking at something in front of you and there's not really much in the brain that's being tapped into other than that specific portion of fluency or that specific portion of comprehension. So fluency would be your left side of your brain. Comprehension would be the right side of your brain. When we get up and move and do all of these different tasks, we're opening up other areas of the brain where it almost becomes like a sponge and we're sucking those things in and they're staying in there because we've been able to open the brain up, if that makes any sense. And I remember years ago, I read an article where, you know, if you're, you know, grieving or you're stuck on something and if you just go outside and you just even take a 10 minute walk, Mm -hmm. it completely rewires your brain so like there's been many times when you know something happens and like I have to go out and take a walk like and there's just something about like then there's all this stuff about like oh you know being out in nature getting vitamin D from the sun thing like but the movement component is definitely real and something that I remember in law school at least my year they made us take a test to learn what kind of learner we were Mm -hmm. and it was very interesting 
that the first time you're seeing this could be in law school, right? Where it's just like, why are we not giving this to all kindergartners? Where, yeah, like how you had mentioned earlier, like I'm very visual and it's like a lot of people are very visual. I try to be as visual as I can when I'm explaining certain things to parents. You know, you just get that piece of paper out and you're like drawing charts like this is what it happens. You know, this is more restrictive on the Mm -hmm. pyramid and like all this stuff. But it's like you could be a combination. You could be the type of person that needs to see colors and, you know, and I remember my my friend, when she was studying for the bar, she had to take a program that was all visual based. And like, I am somewhat visual. But when I was looking at her book, I was like, this is like overwhelming. But for her, it like made complete sense. It was amazing. I know. Wow. Another thing too, kind of stemming from having a certain reflex and then sitting in a chair and having to learn that. So there's a reflex that's found in our spine and it's called the spinal gallant reflex. And Marcel puts it awesome. She's like, it's the ants in the pants reflex. It's that one where <laughs> No matter how many times you scoot around in that chair, you get up, you sit down, something is telling your brain, yo, you need to move. Like, this is not comfortable for me. So the simple fix for that, which nine times out of 10 really, really helps. And it's something that's so easy to put into an IEP and a 504 is a squishy balance disc. Mm -hmm. So these balance discs are used in the fitness industry for lunges and squats and physical therapy, occupational, all that stuff. But what happens is when you have that little disc and you just put it under their bottom and they sit in it, now all of a sudden that reflex is relaxed a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's not constantly on alert because my bottom is not just on a stiff surface anymore. Something's kind of giving back to me. And that feedback Mm -hmm. in my spine is allowing my brain to focus, control myself, look at the board. Brain ballast has helped me, you know, improve my vision, all that stuff. Everything is happening easier. And now I don't have to deal with that reflex that pesky little thing always yeah. telling my brain hey you need to move oh did you didn't move for the past two seconds yeah it just helps with that's that. great that's like such a less invasive approach than mm-hmm. having the kid get up and take a walk because we do yeah. i mean and some kids do need more movement than mm-hmm. that like especially the younger kiddos so that is something that is often you know an accommodation that we put in or you know the stress balls of it but like you know when they get older in their other classrooms it's harder to do that yeah. because then if you're going out every 20 minutes to take a a two minute walk, you're missing a good amount of content. So that's a great strategy. And it's cool inside classrooms too when we go visit teachers and we see the alternative seating where it's like the big ball or there's something that you can go to if you really feel like you need to. And all of the kids in that classroom know if you need it, you can go to it. So it doesn't pinpoint that child out and say, why are you always sitting on that ball and we are all on a regular chair? It helps to yeah, normalize it and you feel a little more included because Johnny, Sally, Susie and whoever are able yeah. to utilize that when they need it. So since there's multiple people and it's something so tiny, you just put it right underneath yeah. you. It's easy to yeah. do. So. I love the classrooms that have like all the options. Like this one classroom I went in and had the tables that were like so low, that literally mm-hmm. the kids could be laying on the floor oh. or sit on the floor because I have like the adjustable legs or oh. it could be where they're sitting like sitting up on it so it's a little bit higher and then there's the like regular where there's chair and then it goes up higher where like they can stand Mm -hmm. and then of course they had like the ball chairs and like that corner it's like and you see you walk into the classroom and like every kid is at a different like but they're all paying attention and it's Mm -hmm. like why can't we be more flexible like that why does it have to be yeah so cookie cutter but 
Yeah, I was just going to say I have a tendency to bounce my legs at one at a time, right? I'm sure you've noticed. <laughs> and, you know, anytime I see, you know, my dad or something, he's like, what are you nervous? And I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking. I don't even, it's like that reflex for me, right? Like, I just don't even notice that I'm doing it. And it's more so just, you know, for whatever reason, you know, when I'm thinking or listening or trying to paint it, it's just something that just like happens. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes I'll notice it, sometimes I won't. And it brought it up at an IEP meeting or something like that and one of the parents was like I was tapping like when I was listening like it was just something that he was tapping with his pen just you know because that was like what was focusing him so Mm -hmm. just these little things that you know if you're thinking you know as you're listening to this podcast like about like how I just self-reflected on that you don't notice these little things that you do to cope that you've just learned right and when we see them in kids we just think that's a behavior that needs to be corrected because that's not you sitting at a desk and like you said it's It's very linear box yeah it's not something that is contributing to learning and learning is not linear it's not it's that multi-sensory approach and a lot of times we have parents that you know their kiddos have dyslexia and they're like they need a multi-sensory approach and there's so many teachers out there that do because multi-sensory is just this big word I think a lot of parents think it's a certain type of teaching strategy but it's like so many different things so what you may not think of as multi-sensory could be four different things that the teacher's doing it's just may not be what you pictured it to be and so then it was nice how you were just kind of telling us about the different exercises Mm -hmm. both physically that you're doing to strengthen different hemispheres and the actual physical activity (laughs) that you're getting the kiddos to do in that in the post like academic program because then they can have those tools and take it with them and they're permanent and it's something that they're going to utilize every time something like that pops up and the goal of brain balance is to not have this child constantly needing to get up and Mm -hmm. move and all these things right right in the time this is what's going to help us learn and then mm-hmm. with the post program we're still mm-hmm. strengthening all of those physical skills mm-hmm. with those new physical complex movements and then when they're in the academic portion of the program we're building up still that gap that they have academically that they weren't able to completely close up when they were in their physical portion of program so Incredible. once program one is done and that is all good to go then we can focus on you know that gap of one to two years academic wise with our curriculum and we work on that We even have like little, if it's something about like Newton's first law or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, like we'll make a science project to show them in action what that is while they're doing their movements and all of that kind of stuff. If it's math and we need to really get down that multiplication table, I will build an obstacle course for them. They'll go on balance beams on rocker boards, go on the monkey bars and all this stuff while I'm just drilling it over on the side. What's two times two? What's five Mm -hmm. plus five? What's five Mm -hmm. minus five? All that stuff. And I'm just looking for those quick positive responses and showing me the brain is processing finally at a level where it wasn't before because the right brain and the left brain are finally talking and communicating together. So that's a big reason academics are so tough or just, you know, being able to behave to that standard of, oh, this is what a second grader should be able to handle. It's because one side of our brain is so weak and immature that the other side can't really even tell the other one, hey, we need to focus right (laughs) Right, now in class. And it's like a five-year-old talking to a 10-year-old. It's like a struggle. Mm -hmm. It's a constant struggle. Imagine having to do that constantly. Yeah. Right. It's exhausting. You're completely worn out. But you're this five-year-old that's supposed to be full of energy and maybe you're cranky or, you know, and like, oh, we see that so often Mm -hmm. with our kiddos and... Where can parents find you again? Get them that information. <laughs> Let's get them over. So we are in Lake Forest, 
That's in Orange County, California. Our number is 949-354-5503. And like I said last week, if your listeners just mentioned the podcast, that they can receive the assessment at $99. It's typically $295. So. And that's great. And I think it's definitely, we get parents all the time that think like, my kid's behind academically, my only option is to do academic tutoring. And I think what's so great is this is so different. And Absolutely. I think like if you are out there and you've tried because there's families out there that have tried everything. Right. This is something else. Go try it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a complete different approach. And even if you, you know, you're not sure about the assessment, just give us a call and come in and we'll have just, you know, consultation and see what we can do. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming again. We appreciate it. And for our listeners, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.